Welcome to episode 119 of Friends of Film, a podcast that relates news and releases in the movie world. On this episode, we'll cover Solo's new trailer, a bunch of casting updates, DC movies making progress, and more after review Rampage. As always, I'm your host, Cooper Hood, once again joined by a man who apparently hates Blake Jenner, Josh Straley. I don't hate the guy, okay? I don't, I don't throw out the word hate unless they've, you know, done some kind of incredibly criminalist act okay. or are in like a complete tool. But I just haven't seen him anything that I've been like impressed with. Yeah, and seen... when I saw when I came up with when I saw American Animals trailer this week, I was like, oh hey, it looks like he's finally in a movie that doesn't use him as a, like his hunky piece of self that he <laughs> is, you know, that he gets thrown around yeah, for. Yeah. Like the Edge of Seventeen casting that like he's just like, but Oh, he's, he's the still, handsome guy. We'll yeah, but he's him still in there. great in that. He's good. He's not He's he's great. But I you think. like him from Everybody wants some. That I mean, he's all he was also in Supergirl for a couple episodes. Not like that great of a role, but you know he's he's fine. I mean, I don't think he's like you know getting an Oscar in, anytime soon. But he, uh, <laughs> you threw some unnecessary shade at Blake Jenner, and I was not. Happy. I I spoke too, too generally for the pod <laughs> at large, and yes. I want to apologize. But he's just basically Arnie Hammer Jr. at this point, and I don't know. Okay. But hey, don't forget, everyone, if you want all of our latest updates on Facebook and Twitter, where you can find out ahead of time about Blake Jenner uh, <laughs> character assassinations, you can get us at us at Friends and Film. And check you can check out the rest of our shows on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And if you can, on iTunes, please head to the review section and leave us a review. That, that would be really great. Yeah, and be sure to head over to our website, friendsoffilm.wordpress.com. Uh, we've got a bunch of content on there. Currently, I've been doing my Infinity Rewatch extravaganza. It's been fantastic. Uh, thank you. Uh, you know, I'm not totally in love with the format I chose, but I, you know, I went with it from what I did with Iron Man. I was like, you know, I'm just sticking through it. Um, we mean format. Just like you know, the different head headers I have, okay, and sure. sections I'm choosing to cover. I ended up cutting out uh one of them uh why it make or what, what, what did i cut out i don't remember i cut out a section mm-hmm. um starting with avengers i don't remember what it was but i was just like you know get that down make it easier it works uh giving out sixth man of the year awards yeah i i have a question about this you real apparently quick don't understand I, I i literally thought it just meant like oh somebody who's not like a big deal in the movie, but contributes a small amount. Yeah. But little unbeknownst to me, you're literally counting starting five <laughs> players. I mean, in some cases, I mean, like for Avengers, right? You know, I'm not looking at okay. Starting five are Iron Man, Cap, Thor, Loki, Black Widow. Mm-hmm. So Nick Fury could be six man because like you know he has to be a part of Hawkeye, has to be a good part. Right. So it's like. I'm in some instances counting and like, it's more of just a mindset. Gotcha. Um, and for me, Harley Keener, uh, played by Ty Simpkins mm-hmm. has a big enough role in Iron Man three where he's like, he's pretty important. He's for, not supporting. I mean, I, he is, but he's, he not. is, but he's like, he's a major supporting character, Got not it. a minor one where happy Hogan, who I gave the award to is very much a minor character in that movie, considering he's like at the beginning and then at the end, and that's it. <laughs> right. So I didn't feel like I could give it to Harley in <laughs> okay. that instance. Fair enough. I just once I got your methodology down, yeah, uh, it, it made more sense. But I still disagree. <laughs> that's totally fair. Uh, you know, if you also disagree, you know, send us your comments on uh, Twitter or Facebook, or comment on the article itself on the website. But you'll also find my review of Rampage on there, which 
is what we're here to review this week on the pod. Uh, if we get into spoilers on this, probably will, because there's some specific things about this movie I want to talk about. Uh, there will be a timestamp in the description <laughs> of this episode, so you guys can skip those spoilers if you have not seen Rampage yet. But hopefully you have, so you can stick with us through the entire conversation and into the news. But otherwise, it's my week to start since I did the review. Get and, to it. Uh, Rampage definitely knows what it wants to be, but that doesn't mean that it's the greatest version of what it wants okay. to be. I think the best part of this movie for me was its heart, which was a surprise. Uh, with uh what's his name george the gorilla yeah at the centerpiece basically i mean he's like the most likable cg creation since like Groot, probably to- totally agree uh i mean mm-hmm. he's he signs and what he does with his sign language is absolutely <laughs> hilarious um there's a recurring gag with a middle finger and then there's yeah. another gesture that he does that is uh probably the funniest part of the movie uh, which, I mean, made me and my entire theater, which we were in a smaller theater, but, I mean, we were semi-full. Uh, our entire theater lost it, so I was I was glad that I had a good crowd with this movie because I think they all kind of understood that, all right, this is going to be a dumb movie, but it wants you to enjoy the dumbness <laughs> yeah, of it. Okay. Still enjoy the spectacle, the action, and that the action's good. It's entertaining. I mean, once... You know, Okoye and George get to the you know the city at the end to go fight off the alligator and the wolf. It's like, yeah, this is exciting. The action surprisingly kind of violent uh, at certain points to try to like take these animals down permanently, uh, which I was kind of surprised they actually went to certain lengths to do that. Mm-hmm. But you know, Dwayne Johnson as the leading role, Davis Okoye, you know, he's just charismatic as he always is. Uh, you know, he's still you know maintains that macho man uh physicality role that he always tries to play um and you know i mean yeah it's his relationship with george that really sells this movie i liked his chemistry with naomi harris as well i liked her character um but the scene stealer of the humans outside of i mean because george is the mvp of this movie would be jeffrey dean morgan uh because he just you know he just has looks like he's having a blast. Right, it's the most loose I've ever seen that dude. Yeah, and like he's compared to like, oh, you may see some Negan in my performance. I'm like, I I quit watching The Walking Dead, but yep. I mean, when I was watching it and seeing his performance with Negan, he was never this happy <laughs> doing it. So uh, I am all for seeing more of this version of Jeffrey Dean Morgan, not so the Negan version. Uh, nothing against his portrayal on The Walking Dead or anything, but you know that show has kind of gone downhill. Um, but moving back to George real quick, uh, the VFX in this movie overall, especially with George yes. are pretty exceptional. And that goes to Weta, uh, the company that did the plan of the apes franchise that made Caesar who, you know, I didn't plan this, but I'm wearing a plan of the apes t-shirt oh, right hey, now. Um, you know, they made Caesar look so realistic and they just, ba- I mean, there's no reason to make a movie in Hollywood now with CG apes and not bring Weta on, in my opinion, because they they just have it down. Even the other animals that are in the zoo um, that Okoye and his group are interacting with before, I believe, are CG creations as well. Yes. And mm-hmm. you, but like even the fact that I'm saying I think they are just goes to show again how realistic these animals look and i mean not all of them look that same way the 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 giant wolf looks uh, a little 
fake, but really the... I mean, it can fly. So yeah. You're, you're, you're leaving reality. Right. About. I mean, but like, you know, they really, for whatever reason, they have mastered the art of making CG apes. Uh, hopefully now I'll be able to work on their crocodiles and their wolves after experience of this movie. Right. Um, but, you know, as fun as parts of this movie are... There are other parts where the action and George aren't the centerpiece, mm-hmm. and that's where you're just like, oh, this movie is like not good. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's the problem with this movie. Uh, I still enjoyed it overall, but I mean, Malin Ackerman's villain is just terrible. I mean, her performance is particularly great, but just the villain itself, the character, uh, her plan. Her motivations make no sense. Uh, Jake Lacey, a.k.a. Plop from The Office. Yep. Uh, he was, I mean, I was, this was a really bad performance by him as well. And I was surprised that Joe Manganiello got very little to do in this movie. Um, but, you know, I'm not, that's not a huge knock in the movie because, I mean, he did his part. It's what for the script, the story called for, I guess. But I right. would have liked to see him in it a little more. It was kind of, yeah, it was, it was out there like, wait, he's not going to. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. We'll oh, go. okay. That, that, <laughs> that's his character. Um, well, so. was. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I mean, the villain sucked. Um, I would have liked to see a little more consistency in the in-world logic. There are certain points where <laughs> yes. these characters are just looks like they've got multiple bullet holes in their backs or, you know, they're getting stabbed or shots or Mm -hmm. falling in plane crashes and explosions and they walk away fine. And you're like, what? But then, you know, 30 minutes later, the smallest thing can actually hurt them. You're just like, it, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, you kind of throw kind of some of that sense out the window when you're dealing with a movie with giant, genetically engineered monsters Mm -hmm. but at the same time you at least like some in-world consistencies here um but you know it's it's a dumb movie absolutely but it's a movie that i still was able to find at the end of the day more enjoyment out of than you know being like wow i can't believe i wasted my time going to see this movie yeah so i'm going fresh if we on rotten tomatoes give it three ticket stubs out of five but you know that's a Mm -hmm. very you're just getting there (laughs) (laughs) sliding in across the finish absolutely fair enough um well i think the rock said it best uh about my feelings about this movie uh about almost 15 minutes 20 minutes near the end where he's just like i need a drink and that's exactly (laughs) what i was thinking as i was going through this um i had like a pack schedule this week and so i had to pass on isle of dogs finally getting (laughs) to theaters around here sorry and i went to go see rampage because that was that was what we had slated so i'm like you know i'm going with a really negative attitude the entire (laughs) way through and i sat there and i didn't hate the movie anymore mm-hmm. like i lost that negative energy as right. the movie was happening and like george is on screen in the rock and i'm like oh this is a great like buddy cop comedy movie between these two this is this is gonna turn out fantastic and that my i was elated at that point um and that's what this movie should have been it should have been the like honey i blew up the gorilla or something <laughs> like that you know where this, the Rock has to deal with his best friend Gorilla shooting up to the size of a building and then just go from there. Throw out the wolf, throw out Lizzie and what's, what's the wolf's name? It's like, it's Ralph. Yeah, Ralph? Yeah. Yeah. So, so don't yeah. You, I'm not, yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. 
not the same Wreck-It building, <laughs> not, yeah, not the same destruction video game from the 80s. Uh, it was like, oh, this is so sweet. And, like the rock is like this tough macho guy and like, you know, showing like the betas, like how to do things yeah. or whatever. Uh, but then we get into the, like you said, the topsy turvy plot that thinks it's so smart because they throw the word CRISPR around <laughs> everywhere. And I'm like, oh, this is really clever. I mean, at least I thought it would be like, oh, this could be, you know, an actual movie about the ethics of gene editing. Right. And no, it doesn't go there no. at all. It just it wants to at least seem like it knows what it's doing just enough so it can let these monsters loose um, in downtown Chicago. And that's, that's exactly what it does uh george becomes angry and aggressive when we lose him and it's like oh that's this isn't what i want this is just king kong now and it just takes us on the journey uh of you know a typical godzilla movie but without the same ip (laughs) because that alligator is just so on the nose yeah i mean the ending i feel like in two years i'm going to be sitting in theater watching godzilla versus kong and be like oh I saw a version of this two years ago. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, you know, Warner Brothers is doing whatever it can yeah. to, uh, to get us there. But outside of The Rock being the best, one of the best human part of this film, or he's, mm-hmm. he's carrying the film. Yeah. Naomi Harris is by far my best. There's nothing, there's no role she can't pick up. Mm-hmm. Her character is dumb, but she is great. And I, yeah, she got to have some fun. And I buy it. Yeah, and she wasn't. She didn't have to be anything weird or super mm-hmm. serious or anything like that at all. And she just got to roll through the movie. And I'll just say this, though. I do think she should be like the next James Bond, all right? She's I know you give there. some money penny type things sure. to finesse around, but you can get there. Uh, and like you already said, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, it, it's so great to see him like not have stakes to his role or not have to be like, I got to come back and do this for five more seasons or right. whatever's happening on The Walking Dead. I don't know. He's probably going to die soon. Uh, and let him, you know, use the, his expressiveness somewhere where doesn't really matter too mm-hmm. much at the end of the day. They're all getting paid and their movie is doing just fine at the box office. Yeah. Um, so, and then like you said, Weta, yeah. who does the CG, they're untoppable, mm-hmm. unbeatable. Um, and like you see, and those were two mocap apes. Um, I looked up their performers' names, who I don't remember, but I, d- I double checked on that <laughs> because you were absolutely right. Like it was almost indiscernible at that yeah. point. Uh, and I just, don't have any other feelings about the movie though, outside of George and Jeffrey Dean Morgan mm-hmm. and Naomi Harris. I watched the destruction. I could I could get that from, you know, looking up at traffic like car accidents on YouTube. <laughs> uh it it just it's Much like, more morbid. <laughs> right. I know. That's true. Um this is this is pretend. Yeah. But it's it's just a hundred million dollar movie that goes nowhere. Uh, and I'm not too big of a fan of that. And then okay. like, there's also a, a bit of a callback to some building destruction that almost was like really on the nose featuring the Willis Tower. Uh, I just get invoked 9-11 for me. Okay. And I was like, hmm, man. Don't like that? Not a fan. Uh, understandable. <laughs> and then uh, I left the theater and went, I didn't hate my time in there. Yeah. I'm not upset anymore, but I have no strong emotions about this movie either way. And maybe that's okay. Yeah. Uh, but... For 
listening literally no reaction for me other than that uh, i'm gonna go two and a half ticket stubs uh the rock still knows how to do an action movie but i feel like i've seen this movie in five other movies mm-hmm. and this was just the one that Dwayne happened to show up in right yeah i think that's totally fair so let's just move into spoilers here so we can kind of talk about the insanity mm-hmm. uh that rampage holds what was like the first moment you're like wait what is this movie going for the very first moment okay. the, the leopard rat like the leopard sized <laughs> horse like dog like rats running through the space station yeah and i was like oh they're not taking a serious angle with this i mean i never thought they were no but that you know going with the rat choice was like okay they're really just gonna have total fun with it yeah it's like oh this is life but with a rat <laughs> exactly <laughs> and then they get to the escape pods and then the chemicals come down and everything kicks off but that was that was when it really started for me but it, i'll tell you where i just kind of i did my first eye roll of the movie which okay. was surprising actually okay. because it came really late but it was when naomi harris uh sets up what's her name uh the villain it slips oh, the yeah. slips the cure antidote <laughs> into there and we see george just like eat her yeah and like Whoa, that yeah. monkey just ate human yeah. flesh like that was one of the parts that i just didn't get like the aggression of these animals is right. so makes absolutely no sense because like yes they say their aggression is heightened mm-hmm. but like gorillas don't typically eat people right <laughs> you know an alligator or a wolf they're more predators you know i can mm-hmm. i can understand that that they would you know just go after whatever they can find but yes a gorilla not so <laughs> So then, like, when they're just, like, running through the streets eating people, mm-hmm. and then when, yeah, George is like, oh, here's a person. I'll eat her, too. Yeah. It's like, why? Why did you choose to eat her? Like, they didn't prompt him. Like, it's not like they, like, sprayed some, like, set on her to, like, right. make her, like, more appetizing. No, yeah. they, they put they put the... Uh, they used her as, like, the piece of cheese I put my dog's, <laughs> like, you know, medicine in yeah. so they'll eat. I was exactly. like, what? Yeah. And then they're just all fine with it. And then George yep. actually gets back to normal and like calms down and him and the rock kind of team up or, you mm-hmm. know, George takes care of Lizzie, the crocodile uh, in a pretty, that was a, a pretty seriously yeah. intense skewer. Yes. I was very surprised I they got away with that. <laughs> because this is PG-13. PG-13, yeah. But, uh, uh, I mean, it's CG monsters. So I don't know. But like still, that was... That yeah, was brutal. That is, yeah, it was borderline. At least I felt like it was borderline rated R, but I don't know what you can push right. PG thirteen to these days anymore. Yeah, especially with you know, if it was if, if it was a person doing it to another person, I think R. But since it's a CG animal versus CG animal, mm-hmm. I think that's where the line blurs. I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wish that the aggression of these animals would have been explained a little bit more, especially because then like Okoye, <laughs> who is like a zoologist or whatever his the rock, yeah. title is, uh, he's like, wait, a monkey and a wolf, that doesn't make any sense. They would never travel together. But they're like teaming up. It's like, <laughs> right. they should be more aggressive, yeah? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yes, they want to go and take out the sound in Chicago, but mm-hmm. like they should also, they'd still be animals, their animal instincts I think would be heightened. Right. So like, why would they be like, Oh yeah, okay. You're, you're an animal. I'm an animal. We're buds. Yeah, and like the whole point of Rampage is to like destroy cities. Like yeah. that's the arcade game, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think they ever fight each other. No, no, I don't think so. It's been a while since I played it, but I did have it for the PS2, and it okay, was yeah. very fun. So then they end up, and so then they end up turning around it. So I was like, okay, I mean, at least they're like their common enemy is the sound. 
Yeah. So I was like, okay, that's fine. But like what you just touched on was like these, these one lines. They're like, we're smarter than we really are. Say something scientific. Say yeah. something, you know, about gene editing or <laughs> CRISPR or um, the ethics of all of this. And they'll, they'll do it. But then they're like, okay, now let's have the alligator bite, yeah. the, like, bite the jet plane or <laughs> let's trick Ralph to fly in between Lizzie's jaws or right. whatever the case is. And, it's, you know, it, it was clear that they just had to graft on enough of a plot yeah. to drive the destruction. Right, which I understand. I mean, right. you can't – I don't know how you'd make this movie and not have it end with the animals fighting each other because mm-hmm. having animals go and destroy cities – is not something you'd root for, so you'd be like, exactly. "Yeah, kill these animals." It's like you can't, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it's also weird since we mentioned that it's video game heritage that there's a rampage arcade machine yes. <laughs> in Malin Ackerman's office. It's like, so this video game exists, and you, as the CEO of this company, Engine or whatever it's mm-hmm. called, decide, "Hey, Engine, yeah. that game is fun." Now I want to make giant animals right. for no reason. They don't explain why they're looking in genetic editing or why they would want to, you know, just make these monsters, these animals crazy large or aggressive. They yeah. just like, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> and oddly enough, as cliche this entire movie is, like you said, there's no monologue, villainous monologue. No. There's just Naomi Harris saying, oh, they want to make weapons out of them. I'm like, well, yeah, how? okay. That's it. That's pretty clear. <laughs> but like, how would they weaponize? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the whole plan uh, is. Well, the, the point of the sound is to bring them to Chicago yeah, so they so can they capture can, them. Yeah, it's like, how would you capture them? Exactly. <laughs> it's like this is the that was I was like, okay, <laughs> you have literally maybe the dumbest plan of any villain ever because it's just like, yeah, here, uh, let's bring these giant aggressive monsters we've created and cannot control to a largely populated city, one of the largest populated cities in the U.S. Yes. Uh, to because they're so angry at this sound being made that they will do whatever it takes to stop it. That's mm-hmm. what she says. And we'll put it and in we're going to put it at the top of one of the tallest buildings in the city. That makes sense. Exactly. <laughs> Where their office is centrally yeah. located. <laughs> It's so, like it's like if you're gonna be a bad villain, just like put it on like your competitors' buildings. Right, like, exactly. All right, well, at least take down the competition in the process. <laughs> but like, no, they're just they're so dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that right there is the perfect personification of it. Um, uh, George, like you said, the bird fingers and then the thrusting and yeah. everything like that. Those were pretty. <laughs> those were pretty funny moments. I laughed uh, at that, and like, I just kept thinking, what if this had just been a rock ape comedy movie? And like right. you know, he he teaches the the ape, and the rock the ape escaped from the village or the zoo, and the rock mm-hmm. has to hide him in his apartment. So it's and, Turner and Hooch, yeah, but with an ape exactly, <laughs> you know. And then the ape ends up having to teach the rock about family and tribe and I don't know what I think the else. rock already learned the family lesson in fast and furious. That, though, that's so. true. That's true. He's got, he's got the family dynamic covered. I like to imagine this is, <laughs> see, let's introduce an ape into the fast and furious franchise and it should be Hobbs and George. And Shaw, or are you getting rid of Shaw? No, we throw out Shaw. Oh, he's busy with his with own Meg. film. He's doing the Meg. Meg crossover exactly i'm down for that so then they sick the shark on (laughs) the ape yikes or wait no george would definitely lose that (laughs) maybe we don't know the meg's weakness yet though that's true 
I mean, I don't know. The part that I that the first part where I was like, wait, what is this movie doing? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, getting <laughs> back to that question, which is really the only other thing I want to mention, is when the twenty something year old new intern at the zoo is like, Hey, great job out there, the rock, you wanna get drinks? And you're like, Wait, what? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm sure that happens to The Rock or right. would happen if he wasn't in a relationship or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like that just like why are you starting out this movie with like an intern just like very overtly hitting on and asking out your lead character yeah. who's twice her age. It's like, wait, what? And that happens throughout the movie, though, too. Like everyone's just kind of like, you're you're very in shape there, Mr. Yeah. Buff Rock, man. <laughs> it's like, was this right? Did Dwayne Johnson write this movie himself? Yeah. I don't know. I don't <laughs> it know. Was just, it was it was equal parts tongue in cheek and serious and that blend never gets resolved there's no, no way, way they're fused together they're just in each scene mm-hmm. and listen i i'm i i have i'm working on a project myself and i don't know how to do it but oh my <laughs> gosh you know what I, <laughs> that's for a professional that goes yeah, they aren't there. No, yeah, I think that's a very great way to kind of wrap this up. There's moments where it's tongue-in-cheek, it's comedy, and there's other moments where it's like we're very kind of serious about this, yes. and you're like, Look how smart these we are. don't match up very well. Um, but, yeah, I think bottom line is you will enjoy this movie if you can kind of, I think, turn your brain off a little bit and be like, all right, just going to go in enjoy it. If I thought about this movie a lot, I was like, I want a serious adaptation of Rampage. This would be <laughs> right. like, you know, absolutely terrible because it just makes fun of itself kind of mm-hmm. um, and just does absolutely ridiculous things the whole way where you just be like questioning and laughing at the movie, not laughing with it. Yeah. So the correct mindset is important in seeing this movie. Exactly. This is the random Justice League reference to. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, obviously Joe Mandanello's uh, untimely death. Yeah, would. poor guy. <laughs> So pour one out for Joe. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he uh, he goes. Melin Ackerman goes. Uh, uh, Plop's death was definitely the most violent. <laughs> they had the blood splatter and everything. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's reaction I thought was great. But, uh, yeah, definitely surprising. Uh, f- wrap it up. Last thing. You know, they they walk away. Then this movie, uh, you know, it's doing really good at the box office so far worldwide. Mm-hmm. If they announce a sequel tomorrow, are you going to be like, Yay or nay? I mean, it, it's Warner Brothers. I'm gonna be like, oh boy, this is gonna be worse. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. I just I don't know what you do next. Uh, I mean, you've got gene editings. There's the secret canister that unleashes um, what's some random? It's like a praying mantis on loose on the city, as well as <laughs> uh, I don't know what else. I'm trying to think. A bat and uh, platypus. There we go. A platypus. Yikes. Earth, I mean, the the air, rat from the beginning of the movie uh is a playable character in the game so you could go there its name is larry uh you could also go with larry the rabbit rat what else do we got here oh there are other playable characters other than yeah there's there's a rhino there's a lobster there's like you know aliens a cyclops looking (laughs) one a giant ram it's gotta be the lobster a blowfish a squid a lion a I mean, another Cyclops, <laughs> a worm, a monster. That would be an, a flea. I mean, we gotta go. We gotta go lobster and it's shark, be, bull, chicken, dog. There's a poodle. That looks terrifying. I have not heard about any of these. And then a Venus flytrap. So there's your praying mantis thing. Plant like, plant yeah. based. Oh, and the boar. I remember the boar and the yeti, turtle, tortoise, what armadillo. Kind of? 
uh, a cobra with legs and arms. <laughs> so that's quite the mutation there. I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty insane what kind of stuff they get into with this. Did you catch SNL the other no, night? They I had a great lobster bit that's about, like, you know how allegedly lobsters are, like, alive, and when you put them in boiling water, they oh, feel yeah. pain. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm just thinking about that. There's there's some great things to be done with that if they go that route. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, well, it sounds like they have a ton of, I, or, you know, IP left to mine on this thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Power to them. Good luck. We'll see. Uh, yeah, that's all we have for our view of Rampage. So we'll be right back in a bit with the news. And we're back with the news, and as always, we're going to start with Tick It or Skip It. This week uh, will actually be the second trailer for Solo, A Star Wars Story, but this one's a little different, not only because it's a new trailer, but also the first trailer that we covered was in our Who Won the Super Bowl ones. We didn't really get a get yeah. that into it. I think we both walked away enjoying it, you more so than me. Um, but as I said last week on the pod, I'm starting to get a little excited for this movie. Uh, this definitely helped keep that excitement yeah. moving in the right direction for Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it looks good. Good. Okay. Yeah. What about it looks good to you? What got you there? Uh, I like the Western tones, yeah. um, the way it's shot. I like the, I don't know, I just like the, the fun vibe about it. It has a very different vibe. I think it's coming um, at a very interesting time because it's coming after The Last Jedi, which, you know, Somber was divisive for some portions of the fandom uh, that some people loved, other people hated it, and you know. But this one, I think, just looks kind of more like just 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 a fun ride, um, which I think is maybe exactly what Star Wars needs, mm-hmm. and maybe not. We'll have to wait and see. I think it's more that what it does need at this point, just to give people like you know cleanse the palate a little yeah. bit, just have this, this fun journey. Um, I like. What I'm seeing from Alden Ehrenreich, even though he doesn't sound like anything like Harrison Ford, um, that's not a huge concern for me. Right, they're two different people. They're two different people. He's 10 years younger uh, or so- something like that mm-hmm. in this movie than what he was in A New Hope. But at the same time, you know, the important thing for Ehrenreich isn't that he sounds like Han. It's that he acts, moves, uh, embodies Han. And so if he can do that, and I think he does in some points, some points uh, maybe not as well, uh, that'll that'll be what I think really sells the movie. Mm -hmm. I like, you know, finally be able to hear Childish Gambino speak. Uh, His his version of Lando looks good. Again, doesn't sound anything like Billy Dee, but he has that embodiment of Lando and that charm. And I think that's... Going back to Aaron Reich, that's what Aaron Reich needs to just replicate that feel. Yeah. And so if he can do that as well as it uh, looks like uh, Gambino is going to be able to do, mm-hmm. that's a good sign. Um, yeah, I mean, it just, it just looks like a fun time. Yeah, well, I mean. So, uh, ticket. Yes. Okay, there we go. Um, I was already uh, on board for this, but this trailer just kind of took the took the mood of the movie and finally let us see it. Yeah. The jangly guitar music over the score. There is no Star Wars score in this film at all. We won't get anything up until the end yeah. where we finally get the get remix the yeah. of the Star Wars music. Yep. Uh, and 
that is so cool because it's like this is different and this Mm -hmm. is how it's different and like you said like there's the it's definitely the western vibes are just everywhere in this now um everything is cloudy and gray and moody and uh we're walking through downtown streets or the the streets of cornelia Mm -hmm. and it, it all just feels perfect um especially like you said you're talking about lando and that team that they've got kind of crafted together they're building together this time yeah. around that we get finally get to see it's so great phoebe waller bridges ll or l337 yes uh l3 i think is lando caller yeah. like that relationship looks so fantastic but i mean donald glover's lando is gonna steal this thing and, and just like when he looks back and hides like buckle up baby it's mm-hmm. like that is that is the um you know attitude that he shows him in empire yeah and it's just so right there like he looks down on him in some kind of ways and then like everything you know about me is true that game of sabak looks like it's gonna be one of the more entertaining parts of the movie because there's all those aliens surrounding chewie's just like i got no faith in you man whatsoever (laughs) and yeah uh it looks like it's gonna be a great origin story for the guy i mean chewie it looks like they're bringing uh mala yeah to canon which means i gotta ask is lumpy gonna be in here I, somewhere too I, I hope so i don't know this personally i've heard that lumpy is canon in like the in a novel oh the chuck wendig books yeah. right Probably one of the aftermaths. Aftermath. I think um, I don't know if it's the first one or the second one is where they go to kashik to is it kashik i always thought it was kashik yeah Call uh, what you uh, want. Tomato, have, tomato. Have they ever said it in the movies? I, yeah, in episode three, but I, I think it is Kashyyyk, but I mean, what? what okay, what, I, I don't know. You're the Star Wars guy. I'm asking unstressed, for stressed. <laughs> It doesn't matter. It's Star Wars. <laughs> I guess. Um, but yeah, it just, it looks like a, a Wild West movie. Like everything is happening all at once and you, it looks like there's no rhyme or reason. People are bumping around and mm-hmm. um, like you said, after the somber tone of episode eight, we're going to get something that's a lot more freewheeling and um, they're making it up as uh, they're making it up as they go type attitude to yeah. it. Han, as long as you're not the directors. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Speaking of, yeah, right. Right. Um, gosh, I lost the thread, but there's some <laughs> insert joke about Ron Howard <laughs> taking over for exactly. Yeah. Phil Lord. And I was trying Miller. to set you up. <laughs> I missed it. I, I botched that so bad. And then, also, the implication that Han gets his DL-44 yeah. from his blaster. From Tobias. From Tobias, which is like, wow. But I keep wondering, what is Tobias really going to do? Yeah, because he says, don't trust anybody. Yeah. So, to know. me, that says some somebody is, I mean, that line plus the Western feel, uh, not to cut you off, I don't want to. No, I'm waiting. Ticket, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. yes, ticket, please. Um, I, I feel like they're setting it up very heavily that, like, you know, somebody's going to betray Han or, like, their team. Because they show everybody over that line. They're like, so everybody's who, here. Who's it going to be? I don't think it's Lando. No. Or else Han would just be, would not even end up going to Bespin. Yeah. If Lando ends up turning on him. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's either Thandie Newton's character. Val. Val. Um, or Tobias himself. Or what just about con- Kira? Is she part of the team? <sighs> Yeah, she is. She's in on it. Yeah. But I got to wonder, she feels like an Imperial officer on, on yeah, all she, this. Yeah, I, I have this like sneaky suspicion because um, the character Enfys Nest, who's like that spiky helmet uh, mm-hmm. looking villain that he's like standing across in from. The Mandalorian armor. Yeah. yeah. Or at least a, um, the, a variation the, yeah, of Mandalorian yeah, armor. Yeah, looks the same. Um, 
it was confirmed. It was reported this past week that that character is a female. Uh, so it's like, but we don't know who's playing her. Uh, the reports say that she that it's not Amelia Clark, but I mean, she at one point she wears a red cape just like Enfys Nest has on. So I don't know. I feel like that could be interesting if she is actually like the villain of this movie, um, and that's how she betrays him. And it's like this, like maybe this like twist that like you're oh you thought you were doing a job for this Dryden Voss person played mm-hmm. by Paul Bettany, but really you know she's Amelia Clark's gonna come in and steal the heist and you know turn against everybody i think so probably possibly i don't know but they, yeah there's there's so many characters in this movie that i just don't know what to do with there's the empire there's dryden voss playing by a paul bettany that just looks awful oh you don't like the no, look don't like it at all i wish michael k williams was still there i wish his half <laughs> horse human yeah. deer antler thing was fully realized i, I liked his weapons his, Those his, were his little daggers. His vibroblades cool. looked epic. Whatever he's slashing, whatever yeah. he's ticked about, um, looks st- great. But and Paul Bettany is like, it just <laughs> looks like they p- took red paint and dragged right. it down his face or someone clawed his face out. <laughs> I, I posted a screenshot of that on Twitter this week. I was like, man, Thanos really messed up Vision. And somebody <laughs> tweeted back, he's like, dude, no spoilers. And I'm like, this is from the <laughs> solo trailer just dropped. <laughs> They didn't didn't know it, so I'm like... I'm surprised uh, they know what Vision looks like without... Or Paul Bettany is Vision. Yeah, I mean, he's in the the trailer. Oh, yeah, part of his face, but almost irrecognizable. I I guess so. Anyway, if you can't tell, I'm excited for this. I'll shut up, but uh, May 5th, 25th can't come fast enough. Still waiting on that solo score, though. Yeah. I'm I'm just kind of a little bit upset that that wasn't a part of this final trailer. Maybe it's I mean, it, I mean, is there any chance that that like guitar riff stuff is the score? John Williams doesn't, deal but it's with not. Guitar. It's not John Williams. John Williams is doing the he solo did, part. He did. He's doing a theme for solo, right? But he's not doing the entire score for the movie. Exactly. So the solo theme we haven't heard yet because we know that Ron Howard was scoring the movie the week prior to this trailer release. So they yeah. probably already had this built and done ready to Yeah, so I'm saying out. like is this guitar stuff the score of the movie? Oh, uh no. I think Which, it's just part of the trailer because okay. I don't think the music's ready yet. I mean, okay. I did, they're they're on a tight schedule. They are. But I, f- I mean I f- feel like the composer I can't remember his name, the guy who did Hide Train Your Dragons 1 and 2, um I don't know. I feel like that's the score is like, you know, all good and done, but I could be wrong. Um, one thing I didn't necessarily, I mean, it's like, I thought I hated it, but it's like, come on. Like the ending with like, oh, is Chewie going to die? It's like, no, oh. of course he doesn't die. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> come on. <laughs> the, the false drama yeah. there. But I do wonder though, um, they released a TV spot earlier today. Yeah. And it looks like Chewie and Han are talking to each other on that train and they're just meeting each other. Yeah. So I have some questions about timeline here, but... Whether that, or not Han breaks him out of, yeah, the I'm wondering mines of Kessel or whatever. What goes on when? I don't think he gets broken out of those mines on Kessel. I don't know. But there, oh, one more thing about Chewbacca. We finally get to see the mighty Chewbacca that we've been hearing yeah. about. Where he when he pile drives that dude, <laughs> he pile drives a man's skull into his body. Yeah, that's pretty. cool. And that is the most intense. I think that's the most intense Star Wars scene since. Episode three is Anakin Skywalker on fire, but 
Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, what, what, what would you say? I don't know. I don't know. It feels like a man's skull is being. I mean, Rogue One killed everybody in their cast. Yeah, but nothing like traumatic. I mean, K two S O is more traumatic than well Chewie how... slamming some random imperial into the ground. Well, like visceral. Like that's that image is just so intense. You're like, wow, that guy's head is now in his bowel. <laughs> maybe. I don't, I don't you know. know. I don't necessarily agree, but literally I mean, sure. in some ways. But yeah, all right. maybe. Uh, so then, moving on to the second trailer as well for Ocean's Eight. Um, I will give this one a ticket as well, even though I didn't think the trailer was particularly incredible. I have a question. Okay. Do we give tickets for trailers, or do we give tickets to the movies? Yeah, I don't know. I guess we should maybe clarify that. Because based on some of these trailers, this one in particular, yeah, I would almost say skip it. Wasn't as good as the first. I mean, I guess that would make more sense because I think most of the trailers we would talk about are movies we're planning to see, right? right. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't guess. Know. So I guess I would also say skip it based on this trailer, even though I still want to see the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the the biggest takeaway for me. As a positive, I thought Anne Hathaway looked like she was having a blast. She a does. lot of the cast does, but like Anne yeah. Hathaway just like playing up that, oh, I'm so beautiful. Like, and the, <laughs> in her in her conversation with Corden, oh man, that's one for the ages. Yeah, like I don't know. And there's no way, there's no way she's not part of this in some way. The final shot on the train. Yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, maybe maybe that's just a promotional piece to be like, here's all the ladies together, but it's Ocean's Eight. The team only has seven members. Unless you include in Hathaway, and then it's eight. So like, mm-hmm. come on, right? Yeah, uh, totally. But I will like she's the best part of this trailer. Yeah. Anne Hathaway is, I think, hands down. But mainly because everyone else is just sort of like talking. You don't really get yeah. There's kind of flashes <laughs> extract from it. But it does look like Rihanna is a great actress in this one. Or looked like she could be like we were not going to roll our eyes. Yeah, definitely battleship. Than battleship. <laughs> yeah, uh, precisely. That's so, not hard to do though. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, for sure. I don't know how they get Liam Neeson in that thing. Uh-huh. I wonder every day. Um, but this looks like a great. It looks like a great heist movie from all the parts. This trailer just put together outside of certain things was just kind of like not as good as the first one for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. But there's no way I'm missing this. Um, it's got. So many great and talented actresses, and a James Corden is in there, and Matt Damon still got his little cameo. So, however they have fun with that, uh, I think it's going to be cool. So, the movie we're getting a ticket for, but yes. the trailer, I think we are skipping. I think we should just give tickets to movies. But we'll have to have a post production meeting. Yeah. <laughs> editorial <laughs> meeting scheduled after <laughs> four months of doing ticket or skip it. We'll finally figure out what we're trying to do here. We've never come across this. No. Uh, then we also got our second trailer for The Incredibles 2. Is this one a ticket? This trailer is a ticket. This movie is a ticket. Um, it, I mean, it opens with like this thing that everyone's family has probably gone through. The kid has not washed their hands and no. it goes through these tedious back and forth and then finally he gets the egg rolls and then it leads to the whole vegetable thing, which I'm I'm pretty ticked off too. You got Chinese <laughs> takeout and there's only vegetables. I, I would think that's be... just the one box though. No, it looks like it's everything. Because that's what um Helen says. Oh. Helen Parr, yeah, the mom. Um so I don't know, but this looks so great. Um, I'm trying to get a hand on the handle on the plot outside yeah. of Helen just being like, it's going to be her going back to work. It's going to be like the 21st century update of the mm-hmm. modern superhero family. Yeah. But I'm curious about all the other elements mm-hmm. that are going to add to this, but it looks like loads of fun. And it's the Pixar movie that I've been waiting for since Toy Story 3 
concluded you know so uh yeah ticket 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 yeah i'll give this a ticket as well uh, i liked seeing a little bit more of the movie um i agree with you that we don't see a lot of the story i mean i think we get pieces of the story obviously but we don't have a clear indication of what the story actually is beyond what mm-hmm. we've already covered um you know there's the tease at the end of the villain screen slaver uh that has to be bob odenkirk i mean it just seems like a clear sure? i don't know that's just like that's what i feel like I don't know. Okay. I don't know who else. That's interesting. I mean, he's the biggest, you know, casting of the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, outside of Catherine Keener. Um, I mean, it, 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 the villain definitely has a voice changer. So maybe it is a female villain. That makes sense. It's Elastigirl at the center. Put a female villain opposite. I could understand that. But I don't know. From what I've seen from the trailers, um, I just feel like it would be Bob Odenkirk. And I feel like Bob Odenkirk would have fun with that role, uh, even if it's only voice. Um, but I'd see more of Elastigirl on her mission, yeah. um, you know, riding her motorcycle around. Looks like there's some cool action in there. Bob is way over his head. Uh, he cannot handle this, but he's like not willing to like let Helen know about that. So that mm-hmm. I think is going to add a nice dynamic. And But then, you know, we also get to see the teases of the entire family together, saving the day with Frozone. And it's like, yes. That's clearly like the end of the movie, but we don't have the context, what's going on there, but whatever it is, um, I, I'm very excited to see the Parr family back together yeah. and fighting. Some teases of some new powers for Violet, it looks like. She's opening yeah. portals to different She's like, like throwing like I don't know, these energies like discs around or something. Yeah, exactly. So it looks super sweet. And then like, you know, the joke about her she, she, she having an adolescence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, uh, lots of great stuff there. Yeah. So then the last one we have this week is the first trailer for the Meg. Starring Jason Statham fighting a giant shark, a.k.a. a Megalodon, a.k.a. <laughs> the Meg. What do you think? Love it. Uh, I'm not usually a Shark Week watcher, not a Sharknado fan, but this looks fantastic. Um, Rain Wilson is in it, and that's what really got me like hooked on it. <laughs> yeah. uh, no pun intended. Because it's just like, I don't see this dude anywhere. He's been MIA since Fox you know rightfully so took his brackstrom series off their air yeah so terrible but anyway uh yeah jason statham looks terrific and he's featured the most prominently i'm surprised Mm -hmm. they didn't play up ruby rose or he's the main character uh, he is like is ruby rose like a box office seller not yet but i felt like when they cast her you're like you know she was still rising up there and this is going to be like the coming out party like her as an action hero type mm-hmm, of a dupe. Maybe. But no, relegated her to the background for most of it. Yeah. But anyway, the scenes of the shark everywhere look fantastic. We don't get to see much of the mayhem it's going to cause, but it ends with this shot of someone just swimming across the water and the Meg's <laughs> mouth open, just ready to swallow up. It looks yeah. like an entire boat. Uh, I'm so here for this. It looks like a great summer movie. Yeah, uh, this is going to be a hesitant ticket for me. Hesitant ticket. Hesitant ticket. Um, You know, I think the movie could probably will be a lot of fun, kind of like Rampage. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already joked about the crossover. Right. I'd totally be there for it Um, because I feel like they're going to be the same thing. I liked the first part of the trailer uh, the m- most because it kind of gave more of that, like, you're going up against a 200-foot shark or however long this thing is. I mean, it's, it's, it's massive. Yeah. But, like... This thing can take out any boat at once. It can terrorize whoever it wants. And, like, they're making a point to make it, you know, kind of scary. And mm-hmm. then, like, they cut title card and then, like, fun summer song. And it's just, like, here's 
Yeah. You know, happy beach vacation. Oh, mm-hmm. there's a shark around those. So watch <laughs> out, dog. Like, you may get swallowed up. Right. It's like, okay. <laughs> um, so they're definitely, you know, tongue-in-cheek going, uh, taking that uh, approach with this movie. But, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily going to work that well. Rain Wilson was absolutely my favorite part of it because, you know, huge Office fan. I've missed seeing Rain Wilson. Um mm-hmm even though I see him very often in my rewatches of The Office. Right, sure. Um, but I've been seeing him, like, you know, in new things, so I'm excited to see him uh, on the big screen taking this type of role. Jason Statham should have fun, I think. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Ruby Rose is fine, but, I mean, she's never, like, really blown me away in anything she's done. So, like, you know, the fact that she's not front and center, uh, you know, is fine with me. So, okay, fair enough. We will move on then to the actual news here. And big casting this week on a bunch of projects. Uh, it Chapter 2, according to Variety, is in talks to add James McAvoy and Bill Hader. McAvoy <laughs> would play the older version of Bill, and Hader would play the older version of Richie. Is this perfect casting, or is this perfect casting? This is perfect casting. Okay. Yeah. This is the second one. Second one. All just right. so we're clear. Yeah. Um, and James McAvoy never jumped out at me. No. Ever. That's so good. But it's so good. Yeah. Um, it took me a second because I always have to like mentally adjust. Like he's not Daniel Radcliffe. He's <laughs> not uh, Frodo. Shia, not Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> what's, what's Frodo's name? Uh, no, I can't think of it either. I can't think of it either. Anyway, point is I had to like. No, we were terrible. <laughs> I had to do some calculating here. Uh, it'll pop up later. Um, yeah, I'll look Elijah Wood. Thank go. you. <laughs> but we called out Bill Hader though. Um, mm-hmm. In our it casting, and I think that that was the one that makes the perfect sense. Yeah. First of all, Bill Hader's Barry show is like literally walking this line right mm-hmm. here with somewhat dark comedy, and Bill Hader is just the perfect choice for that uh, in so many ways. Um, so I am, yeah, I'm all on board for these pickups. Yeah, I, I think it was. I mean, yeah, McAvoy is definitely not something I considered for this role, um, but when they mentioned, I was like, wait, Bill, the stuttering kid. Mm-hmm. Like I just rewatched split a couple weeks ago. Oh, I'm yeah. like, I mean, he plays like six different personalities in the movie, but it's, you know, 23 or whatever. Right. Um, actually, um, and McAvoy kills in there. And like, there's even like a stuttering, you know, mm-hmm. um, the, the six year old version of him. Yep. Um, can't think of his name either. Uh, but like, you know, he kind of has that, you know, that stutter to him as well. So like, I think McAvoy can do really great job with that and like him being in this prominent role makes sense um gives them more star power opposite jessica justine who's confirmed for this i mean mcavoy pretty much confirmed it too like teasing like oh i'm stalking you jessica yep. justine on twitter <laughs> so like i even though he they're in talks i think these are both very mm-hmm. they're basically complete uh yeah. and bill Hader, yeah we mentioned him on our casting uh episode and so yeah i think him is an older version of richie it makes sense and if they're doing flashbacks to the younger days as well i mean i can definitely see like you know a shot of bill Hader with those glasses looking in the mirror and then you cut and it's Finn Wolfhard. And it's like, yep, mm-hmm. that's the same person. Like, yeah. it just, like, totally fits. Um, so I'm very excited for both of those additions to it, too. And hopefully uh, the rest of the cast, are you hoping they go a lot more big familiar names? Or do you want to see them fill out with some more maybe lesser known choices? Like, I don't know. Uh, I, well, we need to see. I mean, I don't know. 
I want to see you want to see prominent people yeah. in these roles, but you're arguably spending a ton of cash on these three at face value. So yeah. whoever you can get on board is going to be a huge win. They still have what three left to get: mm-hmm. Mike, Jack, or well, no Eddie, and uh, Stanley. Yeah. So I don't know who you get. I think I do think Stanley, um, Thomas Middleditch. Uh, yes, yes. Did we say that on the show? I did. For okay. Sure. Yeah, that's the perfect one. Um, so you know you can get people who aren't exactly their caliber, but are still up mm-hmm. rising. You know, on comedy shows. Right. And I wouldn't like be surprised that. if it's more like high end TV actors than it is like more people from the X Men universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Um, so moving on then to a. Live action remake from Disney. Deadline revealed this week that Rogue One star Donnie Yen has been cast in the live action remake of Mulan. He will play an original character who is a mentor to Mulan named Commander Tung. THR then revealed that Jet Li, Gong Li, and Zana Tang join the cast as well. Jet will be the Emperor of China. Gong will play a new villain uh, who is a powerful witch. And Tang will play a new character as well, Mulan's sister. Hmm. This is a very good cast. This well, I only know Donnie Yen. Confession. I mean, Jet Li is, I mean, Jet Li. From what is Jet Li in? I don't. I mean, he's in just like. I mean, he's just like a really well-known martial artist. I mean, come on. Okay, okay, okay. I got this. Gong Li, I don't know that much about. Admittedly, and Zana Tang, I don't. But even though we may not know that much about them, uh, the overseas market definitely does. A lot of these stars, including uh, Yi. Yi LeFou, uh, LeFay, who plays Mulan in the movie. Mm-hmm. They're all very prominent Chinese stars. So this movie is definitely going to sell very well overseas, I would think. Um, and, I mean, yeah, Donnie Yen casting, I'm totally on board with. I'm a little concerned that Tongue as an original character could possibly replace Mushu. I hope that's not happening. Oh, um, hmm. Because that would be really disappointing. I'd love to see Eddie Murphy back voicing that role. Yeah. But... Why else would she need a mentor character if she has that mentor character? That's Mushu's role in the first movie is just to be a mentor, kind of, and like is help help motivate her and like keep her spirits up and everything. He's and more like, of a he's more of a selfish com- com- comedic relief though, more so than anything else. Yeah, but he's I mean he's the closest thing she has to a mentor mm. in that first movie, right? No, I mean she sort of gets it sorted out herself. And that's sort of the, that's sort of like the crux of the movie. Right. Commander Tongue feels like a replacement for uh, whatever his name is, handsome. Oh, there's no stock guy. They don't have. No do way. they have a cast for him yet? No, but I can't. I'm, I don't know. See that my I'm wondering if this is not an adaptation of their adaption of the Mulan tale. It because it seems very different. If it's very different, so far that's great. And if they turn his role around into someone who's like. I know you're not actually a man, but kind of like just goes with it anyway type of an attitude yeah. as commander of that regiment. I think that works out way better. And you can probably swoop Mushu in there some other kind of way if you want to still be Disney right? with the story. So I think that makes a lot of sense. And as soon as they said Donnie Yen or said gave his name commander, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's exactly what's up. Yeah, that's what I thought too. But like, I don't know. That, that would, I don't know. Maybe they are doing a drastic departure from the sort from the animated movie because um, there were previous reports that you know they were considering not having any music in this movie at all, mm-hmm. which I think would definitely upset fans of the animated movie. Um, 
because it has some really good songs in there. But then also like the addition of uh, Zana Tang as Mulan's sister. That's a completely new element. Would she go on this journey as well? Why does Mulan choose to take up her father's place instead of uh, her sister? There's like that element you have to throw in. Mm-hmm. And then changing up uh, the villain from this the leader of the Han clan to now this powerful witch is a totally new element because you're bringing in like sorcery, but also you're like eliminating that like idea in that first movie that it's about, you know, this female doing whatever a man can do yeah, and standing up to men. And now it's like, no, it's a female character going up against a female character. And it almost makes me wonder if they're going this route with the adaption, because this is not going to be the only Mulan movie ever. If you're Disney, do you, I mean, you would probably cast this as a three film series, especially if you are confident in its reach internationally maybe i'm thinking i'm just i'm very yeah. interested in this idea that this is that one international franchise for them but i mean there's there's a sequel to mulan the, the movie i mean well there's it, yeah the it's sequel. <laughs> you just you, you throw that under the yeah. bus though um but like i don't know i mean this could I mean, we'd have no idea what this movie could be potentially based on these new characters mm-hmm. um I'm very very interested to see how this plays out. This starts to feel like an international film versus an American an adaptation for a, a film that came out in the states. Right, because even like you know, getting Jet Li as the Emperor, like Jet Li is like one of the top martial artists overseas. So like, why would you get him in like the anime movie? The commander, the Emperor of China, just like sits there. Why would you get Jet Li to like do that role? No, you, you're gonna want him to like, get in on the action. So like. How different are they making this movie? That's what I'm now very interested in finding out is, yeah, there's going to be more casting additions. I'm sure it's going to be a lot more Chinese stars, not ones that I think American audiences are going to be very familiar with. Mm-hmm. But, like, what other new roles are being added? Um, how different are they straying from the source material? Because, like, so far, Disney's stayed yeah. very close to, like, what those animated stories are. Beauty and the Beast is basically a shot for shot remake. I mean, it's there. Practically. There yeah. are additional songs. Yes. Um, jungle book is, I think their biggest deviation. I mean, in terms of just adding so much more to that story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean like Aladdin looks to be playing it very close to the source material. Um, Lion King is, will probably be the most exactly like the original movie as well. So like, I don't know why would it be Mulan that they just like take this total deviation from um, and we'll have to wait and see if it pays off. Yeah, it's the the Mulan tale itself is based off of a poem or a story mm-hmm. that Disney adapted into their animated feature. Right. So th- this starts to feel like them saying, let's go back to the, the true source material, yeah. if you will, uh, the original poem and build it from there that's 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 a risky play though it, it is but not it could also be a very fruitful going international one. yeah i mean i don't i haven't revisited mulan so i guess i can't say like what revisionism we need to look at that film right. with but if that's the path they're going i i think i, th- I like risk mm-hmm. more than comfort right which is why i've only seen beauty and the beast once because it was like you said yeah. shot for yeah, it's, it's the same thing um but yeah i mean We'll have to wait and see how this plays out. We also got new casting for Terminator 6. 
uh, with their casting very, very much filling up as THR poor that Diego Bonetta has joined the cast as a key human role. And then Deadline followed up with the two big additions, that being Gabriel Luna set to play the new Terminator uh, in the reboot. And that newcomer Natalia Reyes has landed the lead role uh, for this new franchise. This is shaping up to be really cool. It is. I'm excited. Uh, I don't know. I mean, this this is stories here. Uh, this is I don't know yet, but I just feel like this one's going to be something special. I I don't know much about Luna because uh, I don't watch Agents of Shield. So like he's so he's good, so good. He's so good. Like I mean, the, he was only in half of one season because mm-hmm. uh, you can't <laughs> TV budget. You can't spend all that money on Ghost Rider every single week, right? But uh, I I think I think Luna is going to kill this role. Okay. I mean, he just has that. He has a power to him. He's able to add a lot of complexity to Robbie Reyes in the show. Um, you know, he has that darkness to him at certain points as well. And him being a Terminator, I think, is really cool. Uh, it's going to continue his trend of getting roles that transform his face in very different ways. Um, <laughs> but I, th- I, I, I don't know. I th- I'm, I'm happy it's him. Uh, I think there were there were rumors that it could be D- Diego Luna. Yeah. Um, because I think Jeff Snyder was like, will it be the will Diego Bonetta be the only Diego? Yeah, that we didn't get another Diego, but we did get a different Luna. So mm-hmm. uh, interesting to see how that kind of stuff works <laughs> out. Um, and yeah, Natalia Reyes don't know that much about her or anything about her really, but I was happy to see this announcement come this week because I was gonna come in this week and be like, did they swap out <laughs> the female lead from male lead and that's Diego Bonetta's character because like when he was cast, the TH article didn't mention the search for mm-hmm. this Latina female who would lead right. the franchise. I was like, did they, did they make a story change? And now they're going with this, this male lead instead, which I thought would have been a very bad PR move for them. Right. Um, so then to see that, no, Natai Ray is going to be the lead. Mm-hmm. I would guess Diego Bonetta is like her brother or like her older best friend or a love interest or something. I don't know how old he is, but yeah. I feel like that's how it's going to go. And then Mackenzie Davis is like, you guys have a Terminator hunting you. I'm going to protect you. Mackenzie Davis from the future, Bonetta, and Reyes, the people who get swept up in it. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, man. I'm so excited for this. Tim, yeah. We have a direct. Tim Miller's directing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think, I just feel like this movie, when it comes out, it's going to be something that's like, we just watched District Nine 2.0 or something like that. I, <laughs> I mean, I just, it, w- it was just delayed to November of 2019 instead of it's supposed to come out in July, mm-hmm. which I don't think is a bad thing. No, it gives them more time to do VFX on Luna's take on Terminator, um, but it also just gives them, I think, a better place because this an R-rated franchise, Heat of the Summer, not great placement, but like you know, competing with like Bond 25 or something, I think it can go and do pretty well here at the States. Uh, I'll have to wait and see overseas. But I mean, based on this cast, the story is going to be set in Mexico. This could be a very big uh, international play as well for uh, James Cameron. And yeah. I think it's still Paramount and Skydance. Which is totally sure. kind of weird to say an international play for James Cameron when his <laughs> films are literally all that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so then uh, last bit of casting news quote unquote uh new york daily news reported that lucasfilm and jj abrams are planning to bring back yoda for Star Wars episode nine uh they say quote that like the reason is quote he acknowledges ray's success and growth as a jedi end quote so he's kind of taking on this spiritual mentor role uh in the ninth movie 
I think we're both excited that Yoda's back. Yes. Does him coming back as a Force ghost mean that we don't get Force Ghost Luke? No, it doesn't mean that. I don't think. I think Force Ghost Luke comes back to do what like Mark Hamill's been like suggesting is like bother other people. I mean, he also said, I don't care. I don't really care if I want to come back. Well, I've, uh, I've kind of lost my desire to come you, back. You are mischaracterizing how the mood in which he said that. Okay. But I do think, yeah, he, he's moved on because he's expressed, he was expressing dismay about Carrie Fisher's, uh, the loss of uh, Carrie Fisher and how the franchise no longer belongs to them so yeah. he doesn't feel um compelled or the huge desire to get back into it because the band has been broken up in all these ways uh but i don't i i trust this source actually oddly enough because okay. it's so specific yeah it almost feels like someone read the script it's well someone told the new york daily news a gossip not, it's not gossip they do decent journalism um but it feels like who someone who's read the script and knew ray's story arc mm-hmm. told the post and i can't help but wonder if like daisy ridley told somebody <laughs> what her story is because she texted john boyega um during a show or while he was at some kind of conference yeah. or um, celebration mm-hmm. event and said, OMG, we're together again. Yeah. And I kind of wonder, like, so she's she knows the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think it gives credit to it. Yeah. And I think having Yoda be this little spiritual guidance throughout all nine films mm-hmm. is really cool, especially because I just love Frank Oz's Yoda this time around. Yeah. Um, I watched his scenes from episode eight right before we started the pod. And it's, it's, I think it's the most heartwarming part mm-hmm. of that movie. Yeah. And I think, uh, I don't know. I don't think it necessarily says that, no, he's that we're not getting Luke force ghost, mm-hmm. but it like, at least, you know, I think adds a layer to be like, they don't have to, if they're mm-hmm. bringing in the spiritual mentor with Yoda, which adds another layer to the force ghost stuff. We're like, Yoda and Ray never interacted. We've never seen a force ghost come back to somebody who they've never, that they didn't meet before. Yeah. So like that opens up a whole bunch of interesting things Like you could do a Hayden Christensen as Vader, come meet Kylo uh, sort of thing, uh, which I, I mean, I'd even be down for that, but I, I'm excited. I'm happy that Yoda's back for nine. Um, I'm interested to see kind of how this goes. And since you mentioned the story stuff, I think this is, as you mentioned, like, I think, I mean, they have their story in place, I feel like, at this point. So now, mm-hmm. I mean, casting's going to gear up soon. It starts filming in, like, June or July. So we're going to start getting some story stuff here pretty soon, uh, which I'm excited to kind of find out where this uh, thing goes next because episode eight definitely leaves you'll be like, cool. Right. Now what? Yeah, and you almost want, like, almost get the feeling that, like, this is going to kick off the film, too. Yeah. Which, because- like, I was listening to the resistance broadcast love those guys podcast from uh, star wars newsnet great podcast uh, great site if you guys are looking for more star wars coverage because we don't do all star wars coverage they do all star wars coverage and have good conversation over there um but they were like speculating like what if nine was actually nine and ten and they did two movies because i think i even mentioned on the podcast a couple weeks ago like eight kind of has like this very nice closing where it's like here's our happy ending Mm-hmm. All of our heroes are together on that ship, and Kylo's been like kind of been made fun of. He's been bested, and it's right. like, oh, gotta get back at those guys. But like, there's no like immediate, like, ooh, they have to do this right now. There's like, you could go so many different directions. Of, like, is nine the end? 
I don't know, but it's interesting. I mean, I, I feel weird about them jumping out of trilogies, <laughs> but uh, you know, hey, uh, whatever. It's a is, new Hollywood. Whatever is coming around in nine is going to be epic. I think John Boyega even said expect all out war, but I think yeah. he was speculating at that point. But yeah, it's what I imagine too. You're going to have, I'm assuming, a time jump, mm-hmm. some kind of time jump, and the galaxy is going to be in chaos, or not chaos, but. It's going to be aligned a little bit better. That way, Billy D. Williams has come out of the woodworks. Orlando's come <laughs> exactly. out of the woodworks. You can get Wedge and Tilly's brought back to be a member of the resistance yeah. and all sorts of things. Yeah. But anyway. So, moving on to DC, we've got a couple of you know kind of short, quick tidbits uh, to mention here. Batgirl, according to The Hard Reporter, hired a new writer this week in Christina Hodson. Uh, she's going to rewrite the script for Warner Brothers after most recently doing the script for the Bumblebee solo spinoff movie that hits theaters this December. Um, she previously did to, uh, Unforgettable mm-hmm. last year and then a movie called Shut In as well. Both movies weren't very well received, but Hodson's hire comes after she did work on the Birds of Prey script, uh, which features Batgirl. So... Does her being brought on to write Batgirl, do you think that's a good sign? Are you happy to even see this is still you know, something they're working on? Yeah, I have two minds of it. Okay. I haven't seen any film she's written yet. Neither have I. But she's been hired for it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one thing. If you get hired, it means you're putting out good ideas right. um, in Hollywood. The, the Bumblebee movie, she wrote that. Mm-hmm. It's been made of all things yep. now, but now they also said Bumblebee will end our <laughs> current run of Transformers. Yeah. movies. I don't know what that means, but uh, I think her writing this movie more so than Josh Whedon writing this movie um, <laughs> is a step in the right direction yeah, for how you want this movie to be made and what you want the story to be told. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that itself, I'm going to go ahead and say is a positive sign. Even though, like I said, haven't seen anything she's written yet. Yeah, me neither. Um, but yeah, I totally agree that getting a female perspective on this project and this character, Barbara Gordon, is a very smart move for WB. Um, you know, I'm kind of surprised that this is still like, oh, we, you know, Whedon left, what, in March, February? Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't too long ago. And now they've already got a new writer on board, I think still shows that they're very stid. Uh, in making this movie a priority, I think it also shows that they figured some stuff with the Batman because you, I don't know how you'd move forward with a version of Batgirl and not know what's happening with the center of the Batverse. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe we'll have some finally announcements on that movie any sometime soon. Um, but since I mentioned Hodson uh, did the script for Birds of Prey, the rap revealed in the write-up of Hodson doing Batgirl that Warner Brothers is apparently very high on Hodson's script for Birds of Prey. Mm. Um, and that they're so high on it that they are currently searching for a director for the project. Uh, this one we know would have had would have Batgirl in, it in its current incarnation and is a starring vehicle for Margot Robbie to return as Harley Quinn. So is this going to be the next Harley Quinn project? Uh, is this going to be DC's all-female team-up movie? Um, are we excited? Who would you want to see direct? All, all those questions. I haven't landed on a director idea yet, but... Okay. We haven't heard a single thing from Gavin O'Connor O'Connor's no. Suicide Squad two, Mm-mm. so that is what it is. But they're shopping a director for this means that it, right off they've given her another film to write. Yeah, and they're looking for a director for the film she just wrote. Mm-hmm. That is super 
It's a good sign. That's a good sign. It's a super good sign. It's uh, high level synergy. Yeah. You know, so I th- it feels like they're serious on this mm-hmm. one. So when they do pick up a director, um, it's going to go right to pre and production. Yeah. I mean, within its certain time frame, mm-hmm. but we don't, we've got those slates. Right. So it'll just be about putting those together as mm-hmm. we go. But yeah, I mean, I do think it's, I don't know if I want to say it's the next Harley Quinn feature, but it'll certainly be two or three. I mean, undoubtedly. Yeah. I I think, uh, I mean, it adds to a long line of Margot Robbie potential starting vehicles. Yes. Uh, I would, I still feel like Suicide Squad 2 is where she's going to show up next, mm-hmm. uh, unless they just don't have Harley Quinn in that, which I would be totally surprised by because she was one of your two biggest stars of that movie. So yep. why would you do that and not keep her involved unless you are bringing the black Adam in potentially has been, has been rumored as well. Um, get the rock in there and his box office draw. But, um, I, I agree. It's a totally good sign that they're looking that they gave hots in a new movie based on her work on this script. Uh, shows this is definitely a strong concept. I like the idea of it. A Batgirl team, probably like her black canary and huntress going up against like Harley Quinn, Catwoman. And like Poison Ivy. Like mm-hmm. that just sounds like a really fun movie to me. Like a mini all-female Civil War <laughs> or something yeah. uh, from DC. I like that idea. I would definitely prefer to see this Birds of Prey movie with Batgirl, Harley Quinn, and whoever else over Gotham City Sirens from David Ayer. I've kind of lost all interest in that project, honestly. Um, and since I feel like that could be kind of that idea can be brought into Birds of Prey if they're doing this Harley Quinn as a team, but Batgirl has a team, like you can make that all one movie and not have to make a Gotham City Sirens movie and a Batgirl movie mm-hmm. or and a Birds of Prey movie and then lead to him. You can just do it all in that first movie. Um, I mean, that Harley versus Joker movie with Glenn Ficarra and John Requa's directors. I mean, we've have had no updates on that since they were announced to direct the movie. So like, I feel like that's not that big of a priority either. So I feel like if... You know, Mar- I mean, Margot said that she's filming a, a role as Harley Quinn this year. Yeah. I don't know if that can be Birds of Prey because that, that's going to be a very quick turnaround. So that's why I feel like it's Suicide Squad too. But, you know, if she's doing something else, uh, you know, I feel like it will be Birds of Prey next. So other bits of DC news. We got uh, an official announcement from James Wan who was on the set of his Aquaman reshoots that Randall Park joined the cast this week. He'll play Dr. Stephen Shin. Uh, you know, is this a good addition or do you, you know, there's no, you're shaking your head. Yes. yes. Uh, there's no concern for you. They're like, Oh, they're adding a character this late during reshoots. No, I mean, if anything, it's just like a, we need a scene of Aquaman talking to this dude to help clear up this certain thing. Right. That we didn't get right the first time around yeah. or whatever the case is a note from the studio or someone's like, I didn't understand the plot. So mm-hmm. insert smart man here. Yeah. Person. Um, and Randall Park is perfect for that. He plays one of my all time favorite characters in comedy ever on Veep. Oh, William. I you're going to go Asian Jim. Oh no, I, no. <laughs> I mean, that, it's great. It's a great bit, but it's not, it's not on the level of William Chung from Veep. Okay. Uh, he, just, he plays like a, a war hero who just keeps rehashing his story over and over again. <laughs> and uh, he just <laughs> crushes it every time. Uh, but yeah, uh, it, this sounds like a more serious role for him. 
which is totally fine. I, um, he will, he'll kill it. It doesn't concern me at all about reshoots or anything like that. Um, cause at least that's how I'm rationalizing it. Yeah. Maybe the case is they had to shoehorn in an entire, you know, <laughs> C plot. Uh, we'll see, but sounds like a pretty lighthearted addition. Yeah. I completely agree with you. I have no concerns over Randall Park's addition. I, I like the addition cause Randall Park's hilarious. Um, I even gained more, um, yeah. you know, Mm-hmm. Uh, love for James Wan because he even referenced him as Asian Jim on his Instagram post. He's like, <laughs> all right, you're an office guy. I like it. Um, so the fact that he's getting, he's bringing him in in this role, I think is um, fun. I don't think it's a cause for concern that you're like, Ooh, they're adding this villain slash mentor character in during reshoots. Uh Oh, they're missing a good part of this part portion of this movie. No, I think it's just, Hey, we need some more, explanation of how Aquaman's powers work. So here's mm-hmm. this origin flashback scene of Dr. Shin and a young Arthur Curry with his father, Tom learning about his powers, teaching about his powers. Yeah. Um, or what have you. I mean, Dr. Shin turns to, like against Aquaman at certain points in the comics to be like, give me the secrets of Atlantis. And Aquaman's like, no. And he tries to kill him. Um, but hmm. I, I don't know if that's the route they'd go. I'd be interested to see Randall Park do that kind of a role. Maybe it's like, give me the secrets to Atlantis. <laughs> nice yeah. try, not this time. Please. And then they... Yeah. So I, I feel like it'll be... if it. I don't think they'll go that route right away. I feel like it is just that kind of... You know, we need a little bit more backstory on this guy because Justice League gave him nothing. Uh, we know they, they already cast a young Aquaman at one point in this movie. So, like, we know we're going to get some of that origin stuff. And I feel like you're going to need that to sell general audiences on Aquaman, what his powers are, who he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people just think he can talk to fish. So, like, I'm, I could definitely see this. Be, there not being a joke in there. Randall Park saying, so, like, what can you do? Like, you can swim fast. You can, like, breathe underwater. Can you talk to fish? And he's like, what? No. I don't, right. I don't talk to fish. Uh, like I, that's the kind of stuff I feel like this character is going to bring in the movie. Not like, Ooh, we need this third villain to really mm-hmm. beef up the plot. No. Yeah. So then last bit of DC news here. Uh, Dwayne Johnson told Yahoo that black Adam is shaping up very nicely and that he believes it could film in 2019. That would most likely put on track for a possible 2020 release. I mean, is this movie actually happening? This movie is happening. Johnson's already announced that he's like, I'm coming to DC and I'm going to make it better before it's already seemed like DC hired everybody and decided to get their ducks in a row. Uh, If that said, Hermada's putting a priority on it Mm -hmm. and they're getting to it. I mean, why wouldn't you? I think he's, he was the highest grocer at the box office last year, right? I mean, yeah. Or the year before that in 2016, he was for sure. I can't speak for 2017. I mean, he had. I mean, he would have been up there. I mean, Jumanji did right. near a billion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baywatch. I don't know how well that did. And then what was he had a third movie out last year too? Um, I think. Furious. 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 Yeah. Wait, yep. was that last year? That was last year. Jeez. So yeah. I mean, that's a that's a one point one one point three billion dollar move right there. So. Uh, yeah, he had to be one of the top earners last year. So okay, because him and Vin Diesel were fighting for it, right? Yeah. Okay, but yeah. Anyway, point is, he gets butts in the seats, mm-hmm. so you gotta go on that. Especially if you're pushing forward Shazam, which the hype around it seems to be extremely positive. But maybe that's just our bubble. I don't <laughs> know. Uh, so yeah, get him on screen ASAP. Mm-hmm. Especially if that Suicide Squad two rumors are correct and he's yeah. featured in that in some way. 
that is those story threads coalescing to Black Adam versus Shazam and Shazam 2 so or Shazam 1 or whatever the case is so uh, yeah I mean I I would totally be down for if he's not going to appear in Suicide Squad 2 if there's like some cameo of him in Shazam a post credit tease or something uh, I think the if I'm Hamada I'm getting my stars. I'm pushing my stars the best I can. That's why I need Margot Robbie back on the big screen as quick as possible with Harley Quinn. Um, that's why I'm trying to figure out what's going on with Batfleck because we need to know who our Batman is so we can sell our universe. Yep. Uh, we're bringing you know, Gal Gadot back for Wonder Woman 2, and maybe she's going to be in Shazam. Uh, you know, we don't know what's happening. or We're going to put Henry Cavill in there. Like They're pushing their star power, and The Rock is arguably one of if not the biggest movie stars on the planet right now so mm-hmm. why would you not be like yeah you know we'll keep waiting the we'll keep waiting Dwayne. it's okay right it's okay no capitalize on him now while you can um the only concern i have about this is the rock schedule is just insane so like how could this movie i mean where's the movie gonna fit into a schedule um i would assume it's a long shoot plus it'd be a long promotional tour so uh you know They'd have to figure that stuff out, but uh, I mean, since he's been attached to this character for like four or five years, the fact that he may finally now make an appearance two years from now uh, is, I think, I feel happy for Dwayne. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all the news we have this week. Uh, we unfortunately do not know what we're going to be doing next week. We may do a review of I Feel Pretty, the new Amy Schumer movie. Uh, Schirmer? Schumer. Schumer? Yep. Yeah, okay. I was like, oh, that doesn't sound right. Um, or we'll do maybe a retro review or we'll do something. Maybe we'll do Isle of Dogs. Um, we'll figure it out. We'll let you guys know. Um, we'll also be back this week with a new big question where we discuss who will survive Avengers 3 and 4 or who will die, uh, you know, whatever the, we end up titling it. You know, that's the premise. Uh, if you enjoy this episode, though, please subscribe, share, retweet, and more. Plus, have iTunes give us a five-star review with comments. Uh, that really helps the podcast grow. really helps other people find us. That's uh, something we would very much appreciate. And be sure to tell us your thoughts and everything you covered by tweeting us at Friends of Film. You can follow me personally on Twitter at MovieCooper and Coops underscore Hoops. And you can get at me, Josh, and just Joshua Ryan. Thanks again for tuning in to the Friends of Film podcast, Josh. Thanks for stopping in, everyone. And be sure to turn next week for our future episodes. Bye.